This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Norwegian Jade today. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news, Monday through Friday. Listen to it where you stream your favorite podcast. Just search Cruise Radio News. All right, Sherry Laskin with Cruise News. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So last week, we welcomed you back to the show. This week, we welcomed the first ship back to Miami. Yeah, so Carnival Horizon returned to Miami early Monday morning. Horizon is scheduled to be the first in the Carnival fleet to return to cruising. Crew members arrived at St. Martin last month in preparation for a mandatory quarantine period. And after that was completed, that's when Horizon began its trip towards Miami. Horizon will have to comply with the new framework for conditional sailing order from the CDC. And the list of requirements applies to all cruise ships that carry over 250 passengers and crew. And we've been through this before. It includes among other things, updated medical facilities, setting aside staterooms for isolation, air filtration systems, and of course, learning and practicing health and safety protocols when and if there's a virus outbreak. Finally, Horizon, like other cruise ships, will have to undergo a series of test voyages before actually taking on passengers. So over the weekend, the CDC elevated its cruise travel warning. However, there really isn't anything new here. No, not really. So the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has upped its warning for cruise ship travel. The new advisory states that, quote, all people should avoid travel on cruise ships, unquote. This new advisory classifies cruise travel as level four, very high level of COVID-19 This classification includes cruise ships and river ships around the world. It was just a few weeks ago that the CDC lifted its ban on cruise ships that sailed to and from U.S. ports, and in its place, they issued this new framework for conditional sailing. Included in the advisory are guidelines for those who do decide to go on a cruise. So when they return home, according to the new guidelines, they should be tested for coronavirus within three to five days. For those who test negative once they're home, the advice is to stay home for seven days. And if you do not get tested upon your return, then the CDC strongly suggests to self-quarantine for a full 14 days. So not much has changed. It's just different wording. Yeah, because this warning is basically, we're seeing this for travel of all kind. Like if you're going somewhere, travel, you know, go home and for 14 days, is, uh, hold on a second. Let me retake that. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. So this warning, this level four is really nothing but a modified level three. I mean, this, we're seeing this warning all over the globe. Yeah. And even just to Alaska, it's pretty much the same and it has been the same. Yeah. So it's, it's just different, you know, it's the same message, just different words. Yeah. And it looks like a slight delay for Disney Cruise Line's return to service, but with a silver lining. Yeah, there is. So earlier this week, Disney Cruise Line announced its return to service date is pushed ahead from the end of January to February 5th. 
Cruise Radio has been tracking the Disney Wonder from the shipyard in France when it departed on November 19th. All four Disney ships were at the same shipyard at the same time for upgrades. For those who paid in full on affected cruises, they can choose either a future cruise credit or a full refund. And if you've only paid the deposit, it will automatically be refunded. Yeah, it looks like Disney Wonder is scheduled to arrive in Port Canaveral around 7.30 or 8 o'clock on Friday morning. I might actually drive down there. Yep, and I may actually see you there. Yeah, I'll definitely keep you posted. So the cruise industry may be shut down, but it isn't slowing down shipbuilding. Not really. So celebrity cruises continued a time-honored maritime tradition this past week. The cruise line marked a construction milestone with the coin ceremony for the line's newest ship, Celebrity Beyond. This event coincided with the keel laying for the new ship as well. The coin created for the ceremony came from the American Innovation Dollar Series that honored Annie Jump Cannon. She's the daughter of an American shipbuilder, and she was a suffragist and a pioneering astronomer. As the third cruise ship in the Edge series, Celebrity Beyond will have similar innovations found on Celebrity Edge and Celebrity Apex, and one of the most striking features will, of course, be the cantilevered magic carpet, a movable deck that overhangs the side of the ship that can be raised and lowered from Deck 5 all the way up to Deck 16. Whether or not everything will be repeated from the sister ships to Celebrity Beyond still remains to be seen. Didn't we sail on Celebrity Edge together? It was. The ice cream place with those amazing cookies. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. I was just focusing on the the up and down windows that never worked. Oh, yeah. Well, then there was that, too. Uh, So let's see here. So Carnival has launched Operation Happy Holidays. Tell us about this. This is really a sweet story. So Carnival's brand ambassador, John Heald, suggested this idea, and that turned into what is now called Operation Happy Holidays. First appearing on his Facebook page, you can now send a holiday greeting card to the 125 crew members working on board each of Carnival's 23 ships. If you'd like to send a greeting card, you'll need to send it to Carnival's home office in Miami, mark the envelope attention, Operation Happy Holidays, and your card needs to arrive at Carnival by December 3rd, or it won't get included. From there, the cards will be sent and distributed to the ships, and you can find the guidelines for sending the cards on where cruiseradio.net. Yeah, and I would say, Sherry, what would you say? Like, it has to be at Carnival Corporate down in Miami by Thursday, December 3rd. So I would say probably, what, Saturday would be the last day you should mail it? Maybe Friday? Yeah, I think Friday. I would get this done, you know, either, yeah, before the weekend's out. Mm -hmm. Because it's, you know, it's going to get crowded in the post office for sure. Listener question comes from Dustin in Kansas. I was under the impression that the purpose of the solo cabin was to only have to pay for one person versus paying almost double for the cost of two if you got a regular stateroom. When pricing and put it for one person on NCL at a studio cabin, it was almost the same price as a regular indoor room. Is there any benefit of a solo cabin if it's almost the same price? Hi, Dustin. Well, I'll give my usual my usual spiel about solo stateroom. So in theory, one would think that reserving a smaller solo stateroom would be a cost savings, but unfortunately, solo staterooms have become more of a gimmick than a way to save money if you cruise solo. The 100-square-foot studio staterooms on Norwegian Epic were really clever when the ship was launched several years ago, but 
you know, now not so much anymore. So if you and your travel agent are diligent and you can travel off season or without too much planning, there's a good chance, as you just learned, that you can find a standard size stateroom for less money than a dedicated solo stateroom. And that said, the advantage of having an actual solo stateroom from my experience and from just checking all the cruise lines, really only applies to those on Norwegian, which is where you were looking anyway. They have a solos-only lounge and a meeting area on their ships that have the solo staterooms, and that'll include a, a happy hour, not complimentary, um, activities for solos and other get-togethers. But you know, one thing I'll note here is even if you did not book a studio stateroom, let's say Norwegian Epic, for example, and you're traveling solo, you can still access the studio-only lounge. And I found that out. I did that um, a couple of years ago. And in my case, the host, uh, the bartender, checked my room number to verify that I was indeed traveling solo. And he told me that it's open to all solo passengers, whether or not they're in the solo staterooms. So all the cruise lines have solo get-togethers, but like I said, Norwegian is really the only one with a dedicated lounge just for guests traveling solo. And to sum up your question, there's really no advantage at this point unless the the rates for the other um, standard size are just astronomically more expensive than the studio. But, you know, personally, I would rather take even if it's just a few dollars more to have a standard size stateroom than to be in the, one of the 100 square foot ones on Norwegian. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in traveling solo, you still can enjoy the lounge. Yeah, I was also going to say you may want to just call, whether it be a travel agent or if you're calling NCL directly, and just ask them. It doesn't hurt to ask. In fact, uh, a couple, well, it was last December, so almost a year ago, I got that fare on Norwegian Sky. And it was a no single, or was it no single supplement fee? So I only paid for one person, and I was by myself, obviously. But sometimes they offer those. Um, it depends on the sailing and probably the what popularity. You think, Sherry? Yeah, and time of year, of course, mm. is always important. But yeah, you know, it's cute to have one of those studios, and it makes for really nice photos to photo souvenirs or to post. But if you know, why pay more to be in a yeah. hundred foot? 100 square foot stateroom <laughs> that doesn't make any sense you have a good point there by the way you can email your questions to doug at cruiseradio.net d-o-u-g at cruiseradio.net sherry laskin with cruisemaven.com thank you sherry thanks doug if you have an amazon alexa enabled device ask her to enable the cruise radio news skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from cruise radio a big question we get at cruise radio is how do i know if i need trip insurance Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. 
Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. So last year, Aaron took a cruise aboard Norwegian Jade, but it wasn't just your typical six-night Caribbean cruise. It was actually a Star Trek-themed cruise. Aaron joins us on the line to talk about it. Hey, Aaron. Hi, Doug. How you doing there? Good. I'm excited to talk to you about this because I've personally, I've only done one theme cruise, and it was a country music cruise with Blake Shelton back like six years ago. But there's just this camaraderie on board that's so awesome with a theme cruise. So I want to talk to you about the cruise itself and, of course, Norwegian Jade. But before we get to the experience and the ship, we'll take a step back like we always do. Give us some pre-cruise thoughts, like what made you want to take this Star Trek cruise on Norwegian Jade out of Miami? Well, I am a giant Star Trek fan. I love the Star Trek universe. I, I'm a huge fan. I have my own podcast uh, about things like that. I mean, I am that guy. I go to conventions, and I love conventions, and I love cruises. So I'm like, this combines everything I like at once. I want to do this. And I will tell you, despite all those things in my favor, there was a part of me that said, what if I'm trying to kill the golden goose? What if I try to put too many things I like in one pot and it just turns out all wrong? Mm -hmm. That I couldn't have been more different. It was the perfect trip for me. So you live out in Oklahoma City. You had to make your way to Port Miami. Now, I know like with the country music cruise, we all kind of hung out and grabbed dinner and stuff the night before the cruise. Was there any of that going on? Yes, there was actually an official hotel where everybody would conglomerate and they had a little get together. I will admit I did not go to that because I have a little bit of a history with Miami. I took my honeymoon out of there. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed just having a little room at the hotel in the Miami airport. It was just a nice way of kind of gearing down from the long work week I'd had up to that point. So I didn't get to see that part. But I will tell you one thing I would recommend to anybody who ends up going on this Check out the Facebook groups that are dedicated to this cruise because there are people who start to get to know each other and get into little friendships and cliques before they even get to Miami. And that's something I never saw on any other cruise before. So, I mean, you had people who were meeting for the first time that day who had already been friends for a year. Nice. How uh, how many cruises have you been on before this one? Four. Okay, gotcha. Were they all with uh, with Norwegian Cruise Line? No, I did a couple different ones, Moro Caribbean, I mm-hmm. did Carnival. Uh, I have my thoughts about each one. I This one ended up being just uh, the company that runs the ships. They just they lease a ship from one of the major cruise lines, and they had a deal with Norwegian at the time. The next one, I believe, is going to be on a Royal Caribbean ship. Okay, gotcha. So you make your way to Port Miami. How was your embarkation process? And I guess because it was a Star Trek-themed cruise – do you have um, folks dressed up in the like the actors and the characters on the show? You absolutely do. You will have people who are in full cosplay, <sighs> getting off of the boat, uh, getting onto the boat. It's it's amazing, and one of the things I love about it is that you know, again, I'm nervous about this. I don't know if I really made the right call trying to mix everything I like together. And I step up on that gangplank, and somebody hands me a program. And they are dressed in this what's called the scant uniform. It's essentially a one piece that has a built in mini skirt. And it's this. These are the crew personnel. And I'm like, okay, I made the right call. I'm in my spot. (laughs) Nice. So people were dressed up like you had like Spock walking around and Captain Kirk and all that. Now, having been on cruises, 
I know what it's like to get from the hotel onto the ship you're waiting in port for half mm-hmm. the day. I do not want to do that wearing one of those costumes. So I'm wearing just a, a regular Star Trek T-shirt. I got my Star Trek backpack on. I mean, that's my gear, but people are ready to go from from the get-go. <laughs> I love it. So you walk on Norwegian Jade. Uh, what were your first impressions of the ship? It's a beautiful ship. Even before the renovation, I just thought there was a charm to it. I'm not one of those people that has to be, have the newest, blingiest thing. Sometimes something that has a little bit of character is great, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book for this six-night cruise, and what did you think of it? I booked a stateroom on the lower decks. That's a little Star Trek pun for anybody who's watching the new <laughs> stuff. Um, it was an interior cabin. It was not fancy, and I will say, I'll be quite honest with you, that's because this is a slightly more expensive cruise than you're going to be used to, so you may not want to put all your money into the cabin. Mm-hmm. H- having said that, I got in there, and I opened the door, and there's presents waiting for me. Okay. And this is the first – this is another moment where it's like, okay, I'm not just having a regular cruise. I'm having something really special. And from that day on, every time I came back to the cabin, there was a little something else waiting for me, and that – just made it that much more special. This ship underwent a pretty massive dry dock about a year or so ago, so it's going to be a little bit changed compared to what it was last year when you went on it. But mm-hmm. as far as like the room, as far as the comfort level and everything being you know appointed in the right place, did you find that okay? Absolutely. Uh, in my view, the c- actual cruise cabin setup is not that different. Mm-hmm. From what I'm used to and what I was used to even when I was much younger, they're a bit cramped. They're a bit small. It is what it is. Yeah. It's a place to sleep and shower. Yeah. Really. And and the, the bed was nice, which is really all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Well, let's talk about the dining on board, Jade. I, I guess, was there any themed dining or any themed nights in the dining rooms? Everything is themed. Okay. Um, the dining, if you want to just start there, everything had a... Either they were trying to emulate something that was seen on the show, mm-hmm. or they just gave it a fun name and rolled with it. Um, I saved all my cocktail recipes, like the James T. T.E.A. Kirk, which was a Long Island iced tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Romulan Ale, which is not the same way I make a Romulan Ale, but they were very tasty. And the nice thing is, on that particular trip, Ethan Phillips was there, who was played the cook on Star Trek Voyager. So they got to really play it up, you know, because the cook was here, so they could make a lot of meals themed around him personally. Norwegian is known for, like, their specialty restaurants. To be inside that Star Trek-themed dining, uh, did you have to go, like, into one of the main dining rooms, or did that expand out into, like, Cagney Steakhouse or what have you? The buffets were pretty close to being just your what you would expect on any cruise ship not that that's a bad thing but they did the least thematic elements in the the buffets when you went to the fine dining rooms and the steakhouses they actually would change the names of the bars and i think the steakhouse to match things that were on the show and they changed the names of the dishes accordingly starship enterprise is that that was what the, the big ship was called on star trek right correct what, was there any themed Enterprise rooms or like was the theater themed after it or whatnot? Well, the rear bar, I believe it was the rear bar, uh, was called the tent. No, no, actually it was, the, it was the, the forward bar, the tent forward lounge, which is the name of the bar on the ship. Um, there was a bar that was named after a Klingon area. There, uh, It was 
again, they, they did the most they could to really kind of bring you in. Like, for example, um, they not a visitor from Deep Space Nine. It has she has written a cookbook. Mm-hmm. She's a fantastic cook. She did a cooking demonstration while we were there, and everybody got to sample some of her cocktails and some of her dishes. That's cool. Wow. As far as the entertainment on this ship, is it very, like you mentioned that there was a cast member on board or a couple. Were there um, like meet and greets and Q&As and like how did that, how did that landscape look? Okay, I'm going to double down here. It was not only better than you would see on any other uh, ship, but even though it was like what something you'd see at a convention, there were panels and Q&As, mm-hmm. even the stuff that wasn't convention-like was a lot better that they was more thought through than you would see on most other ships. Like for example, Nana's cooking show. I don't remember seeing a cooking show that elaborate on any other cruise I'd been on. Uh, when the morning exercise routines, uh, Mary Chifo from Star Trek discovery did yoga with everybody. It, I, we had a, uh, a, a contest where you could use items found around a ship to build a life raft in the pool there were just so many things where everybody really just had more fun because they made things thematic. And that's the cool thing is that by doing that, it's fun for people who aren't Star Trek fans. If your spouse is really into Star Trek, but you don't give a rat's rear end, mm-hmm. you're still going to have a heck of a good time on this because the activities are that much better. How common is it to see the actors just kind of walking around, you know, just in their element and at at the bar or just talking with, you know, fans, you know, without security and stuff around them. You will see that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's perfectly fine to walk up and say hi and strike up a conversation. Uh, The one disclaimer they gave you, it's kind of a a rule. I don't know how strict they are about it, but their schedules are pretty tight. They have about three or four different activities they have to do with the fans, and they're scheduled to do that. So if they're out and about and they're heading from point A to point B, you're asked to not interrupt them. You're not asked to slow them down because there are other people waiting for them to be where they're going to be. And the understanding is they're not being rude. They're just keeping their commitment. It's cool that they're actually personable and actually want to take the time. But yeah, there is that respect there as well you have to give them. Uh, As far as the flow around the ship during sea days, um, how was it as far as crowds and congestion? It was busy. And this is the type of trip where because you're doing all these thematic activities and you have the camaraderie with your crew, you're going to do a lot on your sea days that you might not normally do on another type of cruise. You're going to want to be involved in those activities. There's not a whole lot of people just lounging by the pool. And here's the crazy thing. I have never seen a casino more empty than I have on a Star Trek cruise. You have people staring at those blackjack tables like, please come sit at my table. Please, please. because no, everybody has better things to do. As far as the casino, though, how was it with the – well, you said it was pretty much empty. So was mm-hmm. there like smoke or cigarettes noticeable, the smell? Not really, no. no. Um, I'm sure it was there. I've been around smokers all my life. I'm not a smoker myself, but I've kind of just filtered it out in at this point because I, I just I just don't care. But yeah. Well, let's talk about the ports of call you went to on this mm-hmm. six-night cruise. So what we'll do here is just give us the port of call, give us a highlight, and if there was a Star Trek-themed highlight in the port for you, give us that, and then move to the next one. Okay. Well, we started off in Miami. Uh, everybody had their little get-together at the hotel, which I, I didn't get to, but hey, I still had a good time. Uh, then we, there was the Bahamas. Everybody hit that, and that was the trip where I... I kind of went out. We did a little sightseeing. 
Uh, did a little bit of shopping. There was uh, a couple of Star Trek themed gathering areas at the beach there. We went to the Cayman Island, Grand Cayman. And there we just went uh, to the beach, hung out a little bit. The big stop for us was going to be Jamaica. When we got to Jamaica, there were a whole bunch of activities we could choose to do. There were a whole bunch of uh, what they call, I'm trying to think of the exact phrase they use, but uh, cases where the actors on board are actually going to lead the excursion. Those sold out very, very quickly. In fact, I didn't even try to get on them because they, you know, they have 12 people who can go on and go on the ATV tour around uh, Jamaica and it's led by so-and-so and I didn't get a chance to go. But I took a little trip to the tubing down the river in Jamaica where mm-hmm. they just kind of put you all on this big inner tube and you float down for two hours. That sounded like heaven to me. I ended up going right behind Michael Dorn, who just wanted to go on the same excursion. It wasn't an official lead mm-hmm. trip. I just happened to get on board with him anyway. Nice. That's cool. Did you get you had a one-on-one time there? A little bit. Yeah. Um, now, again, I've gone to a lot of conventions. I'd actually met him before, gotten his autograph, gotten his photo, the whole nine yards. So I really didn't want to be the guy who's like, you know, bugging him when he's taking his little quality time by himself there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just there with his family going down the river cruise. So we just... Hung out, didn't talk about Star Trek. As far as he knew, I never, you know, didn't even know who he was. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. So that was the highlight then for you, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then any other ports after Jamaica? After that, we circled around back to Miami. Gotcha. Cool. So it sounded like more of a, more like uh, sea days, correct? A lot of sea days on yeah. that particular trip. I believe there were three in total. Okay, yeah, that's quite a bit for a six-night cruise. Normally a, a seven-night only has two, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Um, as far as the people on board, we were kind of talking earlier before we jumped on the interview here um, about like-minded people. And, you know, uh, with the Blake Shelton cruise, we'd all kind of just all hang out. You know, sometimes you get in an elevator and you don't talk to some anyone. You just kind of mm-hmm. look down at your phone or whatever. But on these theme cruises, I was saying you, it's there's this camaraderie on board that everybody just wants to hang out because everyone's on board for the same thing. There's not two people who are on. You know, you're not going to find someone that hates Star Trek who's on the ship unless you're. You know, they're tied to a spouse or something. Right. Yeah. It's, it's uh, and, and again, I'm loving that. I wasn't even expecting it, and it took me a while to really get into appreciate what a, a blessing that was mm-hmm. because again you can just walk up to anybody i'm not used to talking to people on cruises i mean i'm not right. unfriendly but i don't know why they're there i've you know we've all had cases where we find some really rude people on cruises and mm-hmm. we just learn to avoid them there was none of that everybody was friendly everybody was having a good time everybody you could at least talk to them if not buy them a drink or or you know get into a, a chit chat session does the star trek cruises have any like music on board that comes along with the, like any bands that travel with the charter or is it kind of just like local uh, shipboard bands that are normally there? What you're going to see for the most part is this was the one thing that may annoy somebody. It didn't annoy me, but they have the soundtrack from the show on a constant loop throughout the ship. Now (laughs) there's a lot of music there. I mean, we're talking six or seven hours worth of music from different shows and movies and stuff. So there's a variety but that's what it's going to be from beginning to end. So okay. I guess if somebody wasn't a fan, that could get on their nerves. 
Occasionally, you'll find a guest who has particular musical talents, and they might do a special show. Trying to think of somebody did that on the last one, and I can't quite remember which person it was, but that is also something that might happen. Bands, not so much. Mm -hmm. As far as the premium for a charter cruise like the Star Trek cruise compared to a regular six-night cruise, say on Norwegian or Royal Caribbean, is there much of a markup there? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, you're looking at somewhere close to double. Oh, wow. Okay. But that's all. I mean, you said you had gifts in your stateroom every day. You got to meet yeah. the actors and the Q&As, the panels. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounds like there's a lot of – in the food thing, I wasn't expecting you to say that. I thought that's really that's really unique. It really is. I, again, they the food you're going to see is not like alien-esque. You're going to see it's mm-hmm. like, okay, it's pork belly and salad with uh, chicken breast and, and manicotti and lobster tails. And the things you're expecting are going to be there. You're not going to be like, God, I can't even eat this. No, it, it, it's all good food. But they really try to jazz it up for the fact that it is a theme cruise. How was the disembarkation once you go back to Port Miami? It was actually the smoothest disembarkation I'd ever seen. They had a really good way of calling people by deck, got them right out the door. They had all their luggage handled. Uh, Now you get into Miami, and once you get back in there, just getting through the town is a pain in the rear end. But Mm -hmm. they can't help that. Right. But in terms of getting you off, it's smooth. When you were getting on board, you mentioned people were dressed up. Are, Are people, you know, are the Klingons dressed up debarking as well? That is a little bit less because everybody's packed up their good stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a slight rule that because you're getting your photo taken when you get on the ship, you can't have any facial makeup on. So no Klingon ridges, no Vulcan uh-huh. ears. That has to wait until at least you get your photo taken for your ID badge. I guess as I was saying that, too, I was thinking that the custom agent's probably not going to be too excited when he goes to look at your passport and then you're wearing right. a, and the Klingon the, get up. <laughs> it's one of those cases where even if you've been on a hundred different cruises before – It's worth looking at the embarkation procedures and the Mm -hmm. safety regulations for this cruise because there are so many weird things involved because you have so many cosplayers and so many celebrity guests and so many things that don't factor into your regular everyday carnival princess cruise that, yeah. So there's probably like a dress code then, right? Like you can wear this, but you can't wear this. No swords, things like that, I guess, right? Common sense things. They're strongly discouraged to bring weapons of any kind. They really can't say completely no because some things, you know, is it a weapon? Is it not a weapon? You get into that. And if it's obviously a toy gun, my thought is most people are not going to be driving to Miami. They're going to be flying in. So anything you wouldn't take on a plane, you probably don't want to take on the boat anyway. True. That's a good point there. Looking back here, do you have any first time tips to offer anyone who is either doing a theme cruise or sailing on Norwegian Jade? If you're taking a theme cruise, first of all, do it. Even if the theme doesn't really appeal to you specifically, because like I said, you're going to find so many activities where they're trying above and beyond to get you to justify the premium you spent. And you're probably going to be around people who are just so happy to be there that you're going to feel really good about everything. You're going to be wanting to enjoy yourself more. Mm -hmm. I would also say, at least for this specific one, again, look up those Facebook groups. Get to know the people who are going on the trip because they're planning things weeks and months ahead of time, and you want to be a part of that. Yeah. What was the biggest highlight of the cruise for you? For me, it was the people. I will be Mm -hmm. very honest with you. But in terms of activities, there was a – actress Rekha Sharma from Star Trek Discovery had a crayon and cocktail night. 
Okay. Where everybody got together at the bar. They handed out crayons and and whiskey, and we all just sat around and chit chatted and tried to make little. It was just basically a little art class informally, you know, designing and doodling, and that was a heck of a great icebreaker. As an aside, this is an 18 plus cruise, so there's mm-hmm. no real kids there, so nobody worries about being carded at the bar. There's, it's not. It's definitely a, a nice little bonus there. Yeah, for sure. Did you know if it was a sold-out sailing? I do not know that. I believe it was mm-hmm. because they, they kept saying they were sold out, but then every once in a while they would talk about a couple more rooms moving, so I never knew for sure. Yeah. But it was a pretty packed ship. Very good. Well, uh, it's crazy because you know, you're thinking, okay, that's kind of niche, Star Trek, but there's pretty much a theme cruise out there for everyone. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a, there's like knitting cruises. There's mechanic cruises, baseball cruises. Hell, there's like swinger cruises. I mean, you mm-hmm. can, if you're into something, there's chances are there's a, a cruise for you. Yeah. It's wild. Well, give me your final thoughts of the Star Trek cruise. It is without a doubt one of the best trips I've ever taken. Uh, again, it combined things I love about conventions with things I love about cruises. I got to take a Really good vacation with a bunch of great people. I've kept in contact with a lot of them. It actually was a huge part in me starting my own podcast, which there are get-togethers on the ship for people who are into Star Trek podcasts. They can swap tips, uh, do a little networking. It got people on – I know people who started writing careers because they got on this trip and art careers because they got into those creative chats with people who were in the industry. It's it's just a heck of a great time, and I'm surprised that – that more people aren't jazzed about doing this. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned that you do have a podcast. Were you able to do any kind of broadcasting on board Jade or catch up with any of the actors during your cruise? Not during, but there were several that I've talked to after the fact on my Mm -hmm. show. People like the Klingon pop warrior, who is a very talented singer who translates pop songs into Klingon and then sings them in full gear. Okay. Dr. Erin McDonald, who works as a science advisor on the show, she and I got to talk about quantum physics and science and how it applies to comic books. And by the way, I will say for the record, I know a heck of a lot more about comic books. I know about quantum physics. (laughs) Nana Visitor, we got to talk about her cookbook. J.K. Woodward, we got to talk about comic art. These people were, again, they were working. Mm-hmm. But they were just there having a good time, too. And if you're going to talk to somebody, you might as well talk to them when they're having a good time. Final question here for you, Aaron. Um, I've been asking this question a lot lately as the cruise industry has been shut down and slowly starting to ramp back up again. What are your thoughts of cruising again when the North American market opens back up? I got to tell you, I'm as worried as anybody. I'm not going to downplay any fears anybody might have. But I will say that as long as I've been cruising, which has been – you know, several decades now, disease on the, the trip that has always been one of the major concerns. It's always been something taken very seriously by the cruise lines. So I'm pretty confident that when they start back up again, precautions will be taken, things will be considered. Yeah, I don't want to give it to fear because I think that there's there's reason to be hopeful. For the Star Trek fans who want to check out your podcast, where can we find you? You can find me at it's called Hungry Trilobite, Byte spelled B-Y-T-E. You can find it on any platform you're probably looking for. Uh, my website is AaronBossig.com. My Twitter is at AaronBossig. So if you happen to be interested in my show, you can find me there. If you're interested in going on the cruise, 
hit me up because if you book through me, we both get a little bit of a kickback. All right. And I just want to be clear, you're in, in no way affiliated with them, correct? I am not. I okay. am not being paid by them. But if you do book through me, they give us both a little bit of a bonus. Oh, so that is the go. only financial tie I have to making this little claim. Yeah, a little win-win for, for both you and the cruiser. Very cool. We've been talking with Aaron about his six-night cruise aboard Norwegian Jade. It was a Star Trek-themed cruise out of Port Miami. Aaron, thank you so much for uh, stopping by and sharing this review with us and about this theme cruise. And if you want to find Aaron's podcast, we'll link it up in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Thanks again, Aaron. I sure appreciate you. Thanks, Doug. Live long and prosper. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got here, buddy. Ba, 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 da, ba, da. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.